I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Take Variety Hour. Second Take Variety Hour is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Second Take Variety Hour, the only show on the internet. Um, Where wait. Sebastian scrambled to start the show because he was busy talking about a bacon sandwich. I, ju- I looked, <gasps> I looked, you didn't hear because I was speaking to Michael. I looked over at the air fryer and instantly said, I'm going to buy one of those bacon and egg sandwiches from 7 Eleven and I'm going to fucking air fry it. And you know why? Because it's the Variety Hour. I'm Sebastian. Sam, Sam. Buy some bacon and some eggs and some bread and assemble your own sandwich I bought and some then air fry it. Yeah, I'll just do theirs. But what 7-Eleven can do it for me. Wait, would you reckon if I buy but some egg th- and, no, and like batter get, it? You don't and get then service station I'm pretty eggs. sure you can just, like if you put like some baking paper in there, just crack an egg in there and it'll still cook. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> if I got the bacon sandwich that I'm going to, whether I make it or buy one, if I were to dip the bread on either side into egg, like scrimp into like whisk egg and then put it in there. Would I be deep frying myself almost some French toast fucking sandwich? I, do I yeah, dare live the dream? That's exactly how it would work, wouldn't it? Yeah. Is it just, when you do French toast, is it just dipping into egg? Yeah. Yeah. It's not egg and milk. It's just egg, right? Well, it depends who you, yeah. whose recipe you're using. Well, the, ga- the point is here, the game has changed <laughs> and I'm going to be fucking making an incredible sandwich. Jess, Jess, you're not a microphone, but listen really carefully. Yes. I'm going to get one of those bacon and egg sandwiches from 7-Eleven and I'm going to air fry it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> don't don't bring problems to this fantastic idea. This is like a game changer. Holes have already been poked. Anyway, that's that's my intro done. <laughs> Hi. I'm uh, Andy Shostler. I'm here also. I'm Jordan. I wholeheartedly support this air frying of the bacon and egg sandwich. I really want a bacon sandwich now. Get one from 7-Eleven. You drive past literally two on the way out of my house. I'm not getting... Bacon and eggs from 7-Eleven? They're just a bacon egg sandwich with barbecue sauce. It's delicious. It does the spot. It hits the spot. It's I'm five bucks. I'm sure it's fine, but it's so much more satisfying to make it yourself. But then you've got to and go home and better. make it yourself. You could eat this on the way home. You could eat this on the way to buying the ingredients for another one. <laughs> Sam, what happens, what happens if you drop egg in your car? You'll never get that smell out. Yeah, no, thank It's like you. condensed in. It's like packed into the sandwiches. No, I've never had this no, problem you're describing, no. and I am a big fan of these sandwiches. Oh, well, very well. But it's like you know, having a plate of bolognese while you're- No drinking. one would eat that while driving, Andrew. No one would eat anything that requires a fork or better yet, the twisting of a fork while driving. <laughs> I've seen people eating bowls of cereal while driving, Seb. Oh so. my goodness. <laughs> if you are having to eat a bowl of cereal while driving, what you just blend it before you go and have a smoothie. No, I think Ooh. time management may That's, be your okay, friend. That, yeah. <laughs> I was just assuming the time was the- was an un- Yeah. 
I was these aren't, the doubt. these aren't one-off instances. <laughs> I mean, you've you've planned this out. <laughs> I, it's fine. If you're joining us for the first time, what we normally do is review just anything that's that's come up in our lives, whether it be good or whether it be bad. And today's sort of a mixed bag because Andrew's given me the brief of bad sci-fi is his topic today. <laughs> well, since we've been watching, you know, getting through the Terminator series, we've hit the third one, the 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 roadblock in the Terminator series. <laughs> where they should have stopped making sequels. but Ah, the edge of the cliff, so to speak. No, they didn't. They made another trilogy of sequels after this one. You'd be surprised how many more movies you can get between the top of the cliff and the bottom of the cliff. Because there's a whole whole other trilogy in there. So I'd like to talk about a really awful sci-fi film and bad for very, very easy-to-fix reasons. (laughs) Uh, But it's it's just awful. Armchair director of film. Oh, look, I, I won't criticise anybody for having an attempt. And yes, they committed to making a film. They put a product out. I watched it. I you know, paid for it through the, through oh, the no. subscription. No, Andrew, this is worse. <laughs> no, 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 I just no. thought it was free. No, 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 I mean, you know, I pay for the Amazon subscription oh, and, and, yeah. and it's a part of that. So okay, it's, I retract my very observant scream. I thought it was one of those ones that we were discussing how disgusting it was <laughs> off camera where you have Prime and still need to pay no, for the film. That was on camera. Was oh, it? No, absolutely. No, I, my feelings are on, I was on record. Mike? I don't I don't, I don't think you can get away with charging for this film. It's not, it's not great. But- <laughs> I haven't I haven't followed the director's work or anybody involved. I haven't seen them in anything else, but it was fairly low budget. What was it called again? Uh, it was Colli- true, Collision it? Earth. There was a there was a TV movie which I watched, made in 2011, and there's a remake of it with the same title and the same premise, but a different cast and a different director, rated worse <laughs> on IMDb, made uh, this year or released this year. Oh God, yes, it this was. Year. So the 2011 was the TV one. Yeah, and 2020 is that's the, the one I saw. And f- fine, I've got no problem with things being low budget. I've got no problem with you know fairly simple storylines, but there's a there's a craft to telling a simple story, and if you want to make a sci sci fi, but you don't know any science, all you do is <laughs> you throw in fly. throw in science words, nano, yep. <laughs> And put in some buttons and have people press buttons while saying science <laughs> words. And that constitutes sci-fi. That's what I'm calling the bad part. It was very lazy from that perspective. Sure. But I would never criticise anybody for having an attempt and putting something on screen because it's much more than I've ever done. Sometimes the absence of an act is more powerful <laughs> than the act itself. Less is more, everybody. Less <laughs> is more. Like, I would say a better use of your time is not committing genocide as opposed to committing genocide. No, that's So I think that I think that not making a film in this one case sounds like you've done the right thing. No, no, it, it, and again, I haven't followed anybody's career from it, but if they've There's gone no on one. to do other things or they've learned a lesson from the film, that's fine because everybody goes through those journeys. Not every single thing you do should be a hit and you shouldn't retire the second you do something sure. bad because that's how we learn. That's how we move forward. I'm literally clicking on all in the 2020 movie, all of the lead actors' names, and I don't recognize no. any of no. them. No. I'm just checking, maybe just in case. It's like, a, oh, it's, okay. Oh, I actually do recognize one. I apologize. Eric Roberts plays Maroney in the um, Christopher Nolan Batman movie. Batman oh, Begins. there you go. Um, the I recognize his face. 
and that one role. John Morrissey has a fun name. He was in the, oh God, this guy's top credit was he was in the electrical department for Titanic. He's an actor in this film. Nice. I mean, good on him. Good on him. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not begrudging anybody. I am begrudging them, Andrew. No. <laughs> if, if you're making art, you're going to have people who, who say, I like it or I don't like it. Of course. And I would think as a good artist, uh, I, I, I certainly want to take people's criticisms on board. If they say it's bad for these reasons, it could have been better if you did it differently and maybe try these ways next time, I would welcome that. Because that's how you grow. Okay, this is annoying because this is a movie I would watch. Um, it's called- it's, it's, No, no, not this oh, one. Oh, oh, I see. This is called The Sinister Squad. It stars uh, Joseph Michael Harris, who's in your terrible movie. When a supernatural cult threatens Earth, Alice must assemble a dream of fairy tale villains to face the literal forces of death. Yeah, it's fine. Suicide Squad and Avengers and uh, what is that? Guardians movie, Rise of the Guardians. Sounds but pretty awful, but it's one of those like para, like horrible like transmorphers or whatever. Oh. Right. Um, but there's a character. There's Rumpelstiltskin, Alice, Goldilocks, Bluebeard. Maybe they didn't have the, the rights to the Redbeard trove. Uh, the big bad wolf. Bluebeard's a Tweedledee and Tweedledum. The Mad Hatter. Like, it's like when they say fairy tale characters, they mean specifically Lewis Carroll. Yeah, anything. <laughs> Sounds like. <laughs> Anything Sounds invented. Like this movie is getting sued by a lot of different places. That's, you know, anything invented 50 years yeah. before copyright <laughs> applies. <laughs> um, so that, that'll be you, Jordan. What are you talking about today? Um, a couple of different documentaries that I've watched recently, one being a documentary film and the other being a HBO series. Uh, the first is You Cannot Kill David Arquette, which I absolutely loved. Good. And the other is called uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is about the Golden State Killer. Ooh. Mine's less interesting than that. I'm yeah. reviewing the PlayStation 4 version of the Avengers game, which yeah. came out a, about a month ago by the time this is released. Um, I've finished the storyline and I'm going to be ragging on that game. Ah. Came out um, the same day as Tony Hawk and I feel like I made the right decision <laughs> in what I purchased. I have, I have both and I can tell you, you made the right decision. <laughs> Um, I mean, I can quickly start off because you go- Collision Earth. No, you want to do it? It's awful, awful sci-fi. All right, the premise is that for a split second, the sun switches into a magnetar, which is essentially just a very magnetically charged star, mm -hmm. super, super dense, and then it comes back for whatever reasons. But as a consequence of that- it knocks Mercury out of orbit and Mercury is now on a collision course with Earth. You could say Mercury's in retrograde. Uh, <laughs> you could say that, but that's not the case. And even if it wasn't retrograde, whatever that means, means it would mean you. means your chakras are aligned and you're feeling other people's pain, Sebastian. Yeah, I don't. Um, <laughs> does that know what that means? I, I <laughs> don't know. It's some kooky bullshit. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. If you look at the orbits of, of planets, right? around mercury is a good example uh, uh, mars is a really good example because we sort of catch up to it as we're going around around the sun so if you look at the path that mars makes in the sky it will do this weird s shape just as we're sort of passing it and then it so that little it, it going backwards that's the retrograde okay but how does that affect my mood it doesn't. Oh, okay. Of course. <laughs> it doesn't whatsoever. Just as much as the moon and the tides, they said. <laughs> yep. 
So Collision Earth. I watched the TV movie, which is rated at 3.4 on IMDb. I can be a real life fact checker. Wait, and the movie is rated lower? The 2020 movie remake is rated at (laughs) 2.2. It sure is. Oh, and doesn't have anybody f- from the from the TV movie on board. I don't know about the crew, but at least the the talent, um, the on screen talent doesn't. Uh, so Mercury is flung out of its orbit uh, on a collision course with Earth. At the same time, uh, we've sent a human manned spacecraft to investigate Mercury, which is kind of along for the ride. But now that gravity doesn't work. The way it used to, they're, they're making all their calculations based on gravity, but they should be making their calculations based on magnetism, which mm. makes no sense. Uh, once they make that discovery, they can correct the ship and it can come back to Earth because the scientist on Earth, his, his wife is piloting the spacecraft and he's a disgraced scientist and he had a defunded project called Project 7, which can save everybody, but it's been defunded and nobody trusts him anymore and everybody's just excluding him from the... Project 7 servers. Right. So, Earth starts being bombarded by these meteorites and there are these weird magnetic events. I can only where, imagine how good these meteorites mm, look too, right? Oh, and the meteorites are fine because they're easy enough to, to do. But there are these weird magnetic events where... You know, can, I, can I guess one? A few, yeah, sure. Oh, say guess one. But what I would... When you say weird magnetic event, what I literally can see in my head is somebody going to stick something onto their fridge and the magnet just doesn't work. Oh, Seb. And they're like, if that's only, weird. If only that was what it was, because that would be nice and... Uh, subtle. Nice and subtle. <laughs> no, what happens is that several blocks of cities affected by mercury... It's in retrograde. We've just... Mm, yeah. Affected by the magnetism from mercury, uh, several blocks of a city will have all the cars and metallic objects levitate into the air very slowly. That's how magnets work. And for some reason, when they collapse back to Earth, they're on fire. How high up do they go? And <laughs> did they go up like meteor height? Seb, it's, it's gravity versus magnetism. Come on. I mean, you know, you can just do the numbers. They should have maybe reconsidered naming this movie <laughs> Gravity versus Magnets. Because that would be an interesting premise. No, it's it's one of those movies where, okay, somebody has tried to be scientific, but it just hasn't. They've gotten it wrong in the first place. Right. And, okay, if you wanted to make a movie about that, talk to an actual physicist and they might be able to lead you down to, you know, hypothetical but realistic scenarios where actual science plays out and you could write a really good story about that. Now, none of that. We're going to have cars flying out because we can use bad CGI to do that and then we can set them on fire with CGI because we don't have the budget for the pyrotechnics but for some reason we have the budget for the CGI and then we'll have a bad story about a scientist going around just like, uh, what was it, Day After Tomorrow, and trying to revive, you know, computers that all of a sudden don't work and all sorts of things just to rearm this Project 7 that is a satellite that's going to blow Mercury apart because Mercury is racing towards Earth because it's magnetically attracted. Of course. Over, over <laughs> all that distance, it's singling out, you know, several city blocks on in some ridiculous backwater Andrew, in the States. I'm watching a 30-second trailer for this movie and there mm. seems to be a spot where they launch all the missiles... At the meteors. Oh, yeah, they're trying Armageddon it, and it doesn't work. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work is what I can see. But then they st- in, in the spacecraft, they do the calculations based on magnetism and everything works and they can race the spaceship back down to Earth where she's safe and nobody has to confront anybody else dying in this film, even though several people die in this film. And that's it. You get a happy ending for some reason. <laughs> Just because. So out of reference, I know you said the, the, the ratings were... Um, but did you prefer the 2011 or to the 2020 or what? I have only seen the TV movie version, the 2011 version. Oh, so you haven't seen the 2020 Because that's on. what's on Prime. Ah. The 2020 version, as far as I know, at the time of watching it, wasn't on, wasn't available. Because that's, that's it, what I was looking up the trailer. But for. it does exist because when I went to look at IMDb for some information on this schlock, uh, I saw that they had remade it. I've got to say, somebody had remade all it. these I effects. I can't imagine why. <laughs> I know effects don't it's make a movie. It's not even a great idea. It, no. it really isn't. No, it's not. I know the effects don't make a movie. They can make a movie feel shitty, but they don't make a movie. But all the effects I mean, that okay, I can see on this. Su- just think about it. The sun turns into a magnet. Yeah. Right? That is powerful enough to affect the effect, uh, you know, the orbit of, of Mercury. But that doesn't affect the Earth. But then Mercury circling around the sun can affect Earth periodically. Yeah, it's retrograde. How does that make I have any no idea. sense whatsoever? It's but so ridiculous. The point I want to make is the And the, the acting isn't that great and the script is woeful and it's just not entertaining at all. Not even in a bad way. The effects look like they were done on my, like my iPhone. Like I've, yeah. I've had apps that have <laughs> if done this. If this is a high school project or somebody's you know, film school project where they learned lessons from it, good on them for having a try. Mm. But it is just awful. <laughs> oh, this trailer I'm looking at must be the 2011 one because it's from 2016. And I don't think this trailer came out four years before the movie. <laughs> you know? my, my, my biggest criticism is that they just didn't try with the science. Right. They tried to make it sound sciencey, but they didn't actually try and establish any sort of realism to it whatsoever. And that's silly. You're missing a golden opportunity yeah. to tell a good story. If you're doing science fiction, you need some accurate science, well, right? Well, to base it off of. Talk to a physicist. They don't get out much. They will welcome <laughs> if you buy They'll them. They'll answer a, your email. If you buy them lunch, they will have a conversation with you and they will give you, they will unload information that you can use. They've got ideas too. <sighs> well, that's all. <laughs> Jordan, do you End want- of story, it was bad. <laughs> Did you want to talk about your good thing or- Yeah, sure. I will be more than happy to. So today's episode's a good sandwich because yeah. it's too bad things <laughs> on the outside. <laughs> uh, which do I do first? David Arquette. Mm. All right, That's what I course. care about. Just for you, Seb. Um, yeah, so David Arquette recently put out a documentary aptly named You Cannot Kill David Arquette. Um, basically about like- I guess like the last few years of his life, I suppose, where he's made his triumphant return to the world of professional wrestling after uh, his stint in WCW in 2000. Remember Ready to Rumble, Andrew? Who could forget Ready to Rumble? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it's fun. No, I don't it's think a you, fun I movie. thought you were. I thought you would like. No, no, it, no, it was. It, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sal Mandini want to wrestle? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the sort of thing I would watch off my own back, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, well, I guess for anyone who hasn't seen the movie or isn't familiar with what happened to promote the movie, um, David Arquette did, I think, like maybe a two or three week stint with WCW. They made the brilliant decision to put the uh, <laughs> World Heavyweight Championship on David Arquette, which uh, did not go down very well with the patrons of the wrestling community to this day. <laughs> Um, and basically the you documentary- mean even, even in, in retrospect, it hasn't become that one crazy- 
you know, no, title. people still hate it. <laughs> <laughs> people still think it was an awful idea. Um, but yeah, this, the documentary kind of follows a, a little bit like his career after that, which there was not much of. Like he wasn't really getting a lot of roles at the time, um, which kind of within his personal life as well kind of spiraled. So like just sort of goes through like his like depression, his like drug and alcohol addictions and that sort of stuff. And then it's kind of cycles into the last sort of three or four years where he kind of had this idea that like he loves the wrestling business and he hates that the wrestling business hates him. And so he, his grand idea to, I guess, kind of give back or, or make it up to the wrestling community was to get back into the business <laughs> and actually become a wrestler. Okay. So it's um, kind of, it carries through like, it kind of starts, it's a bit weird because like there is sections where it's framed as like him going and like learning and training from these different places that it does seem like it is a bit put on in places where like I don't think it was completely genuine. Right. Like there's this scene where he gets booked for a show. I'm using air quotes for the listeners. Um and it winds up being like a backyard promotion. Um and they just kind of essentially beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Which it's a great scene. It's really like fun to watch, but I it's like obviously a little bit put on in that regard. But then a lot of it is very genuine. There's a scene really early on in the movie, which is like pretty wild that he like included it. It's like him having to go to like a doctor's office and he's getting treated for his depression with ketamine, like just basically getting injected Mm -hmm. into his blood. And it's like really confronting to watch because like the way that like his body and his brain reacts to it is just like really strange. Like I've never seen anything like it before. Um, But that's, it's it's like, that's just him acting, isn't it? (laughs) Obviously. No, no. I, I, no? Think, I think he's like, like it's like because it's it's a lot. It's like apparently, okay. like apparently, like you can really treat things like depression with ketamine in like really large doses, and like apparently, what it does is like just kind of levels out your mood for like a longer period of time okay. than like I guess what when you're using it as like a recreational drug, like whatever it does. But like because it's such like a large amount of it being pumped into his blood at one time it's like just such a weird like adverse reaction where like he doesn't really have control of himself anymore. It's like really confronting to watch. Um, and then yeah, like the rest of the movie basically follows some of like the bigger points of like what he has done in his wrestling career so far. And like a lot of it's like really like kind of raw and gritty. Like it's just like basically just had cameras following him the whole time. Right. Um, leading up to like, I guess I think where like his last like performance was, which was where he did a death match with Nick Gage. Uh, and okay, the, yeah. Um, yeah, the instances around that where he like essentially almost got really badly hurt and like had to go to the hospital and stuff like that. Um, following from there. And then I don't think there's really too much after that because there is like, it covers like basically all of like why he did it, what he's done. It doesn't really address whether he's going to keep going, but at the same time, like it kind of ends last year. So like he hasn't really had much of a chance to do much more because wrestling on the independent level was pretty much shut down with Corona. So I don't know what he's planning to do, but (laughs) the documentary is really, really good. Like I, I like, I already liked him. Like I wasn't someone who like, because of what happened in WCW, like hated him. Like I always thought like David Arquette seems like a cool guy. Like, and this movie just like cemented that for me. Cause like, he's just so likable, like so genuine. The fact that he's like so open and honest about like all of his troubles as well in the movie is just really endearing. And like, I've listened to like him do like a few interviews and stuff promoting it as well. And he just seems like the most like genuinely nice dude. 
And like, you can tell that he loves wrestling and that he was doing it for all the right reasons <laughs> and that he just wants everyone to not hate him for what happened right. because it wasn't his fault or his decision. Right. But like, I just came out of it like loving him even more than I already did. It's a really, really good documentary. Even if you don't like wrestling, like if you think David Arquette is an interesting person at least, or even if you don't, it's just, it's a really good like character piece really because it covers so much ground. Yeah. Even though it's sort of based around that core of his professional wrestling career, it's really well put together and just kind of covers like him as a person and his career at the same time, like when it was kind of dipping, like there's a lot of stuff about like his family and all that sort of stuff, but it's really, really well made, really good. I really recommend it. I have a couple of questions. Mm. More, more of a question than a statement. Um, it says that Jack Perry's in it as in Jungle Boy. Yeah. Is he like, is he like featured in it or is he just, he's just in a he's scene? He's just kind of it? around because the, like one of the larger scenes is obviously the match with Nick Gage mm. and like Jungle Boy was there and so was Luke Perry, like his dad. Because uh, yeah. David and Luke are like best friends. So like he's in it in that respect because like it was like Jungle Boy was the guy that drove him to the hospital after oh. like what happened in the match with Gage. And then there's like a, a scene at the end as well where um like David and Jack have like a match at I think like maybe bar wrestling, um, which it's like kind of, I think that's the end scene actually. Cause like it, the movie pretty much ends on David Arquette doing a Canadian destroyer. Yeah. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. He's in it like here and there, not like a, a sort of featured like actor or anything, but he pops up from here and like here and there. And my statement was weirdly mm. enough, and it's because his father, Luke Perry was on it, but Jack mm. Perry, Jungle Boy was a production assistant on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, really? That's his only non-wrestling role ever. <laughs> so no far, idea. is that Tarantino film for last year? I was like, what? There you go. But yeah, his father was in the film, so that makes sense. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, he was too. But you had another um, um, documentary you're looking at? Or do yeah, I, say I day, or? won't get like too much in depth because I don't want to like spoil it. But then again, like the news has spoiled it. Like they caught the Golden State Killer. Like he's in jail. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a, I think it's six parts and it's all, it's kind of centered around What's it Patton called, Oswald. Um, so it's called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Yep. And so it's centered like Patton Oswald's kind of the centerpiece of it because his wife was a writer who was kind of following the story of the Golden State Killer and like writing a book about it and all this sort of thing. And really what happened, like a lot of her, like the work that she herself and like some of her colleagues put into it, not being law enforcement, like literally just like internet sleuths and like writers put in like all this work, got all this like different information and did all this research and a lot of what they found and what they kind of suggested and got like the crime investigators to actually do is what led to him being caught. And so it basically, oh. it runs through like, cause she spent like years and years, like sort of researching the case and like writing this book. And I think it was like two, I think two years before the book came out, she actually had passed away. And so she'd like all of it, basically it just runs through like her, essentially that book being her life's work and what she and her colleagues that worked on it with her kind of found and did is what wound up getting him caught in the end. How about that? After, you know, like what, 30, 40 years where he essentially invaded capture. It's really, really fascinating. And um, I, I really like Patton Oswald. Like, I think he's a cool guy. Like he's fun to watch. He's an interesting guy. And he basically is the sort of the center of it. Like all the documentary pieces are kind of him talking about like their life together while she was doing it and dealing with it. Right. Um, like their, how their family kind of worked around it as well. Cause they had like a young kid. Her death 
what happened with her death? Sorry, uh, I believe she had an overdose. Oh, so nothing to do with the actual? No, no, not okay, at all. Because yeah, yeah. um, like because she was like under a lot of like stress to finish the book. I think she'd been using like Xanax and stuff like that. Mm. And I think she just wound up overdosing. I think pretty sure that's what it was. Um, but yeah, it's like framed around them, and then they go back and talk to like families of the victims, some of the surviving victims, just sort of covering. It's essentially that like covers all of the Golden State Killer's history of like what he'd done and all the different cases while also being framed around Michelle's like, I guess, situation where she was doing all the research, writing the book and then Pat Oswald as well kind of running through it. Yeah. It's, um, I think it was a HBO production. It's like six episodes, like an hour each, but it's really, really fascinating. Like I finished it in pretty like two sittings, I think. I just did like three episodes in each because like it just, it hooks you in because like I sort of was fairly familiar with the Golden State Killer, but like didn't know a lot of the ins and outs because like it's not like as popular as like, you know, your Zodiac Killer or like Son of no. Sam or any of those kind of ones. Like he's not like super, super common. I'd never heard of him before. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it, it had gone by like a few different names because he moved around California so much. So like, I think it sort of started up towards North where he was like, I think they called him like the East Area Rapist. And then like he'd moved down to a different area where he was known as the original Night Stalker. Ah. And then I think when he so moved around did, again and then in total, like, cause initially it was just like home invasions and rapes. Yeah. And then as the years went on and he moved around is when he started getting more into like killing people. I think that's when they kind of came up with the golden state killer. Cause he'd okay. moved around so much. Of course. But yeah, it's really, really fascinating. I, I don't know if HBO have like a streaming service or something you can watch it on, but it's a, a HBO documentary series. Really, really worth the watch. I really enjoyed it. Hmm. You know, it's not worth it. Marvel's, Avengers on PS4. <laughs> Why is that, Seb? It's glitchy as fuck. It's so broken. Um, so I've played through the complete story. That is on. It does come out on PC, but this is specifically just the PS4 version. But you know, who fucking cares? Um, it's the story's fine. Uh, it's nice. I won't go too much into it, but. A big event happens, the world turns on the Avengers and the story is effectively about you as an outsider kind of getting the Avengers to come back together to uh, assist with this event, which you know they may or may not have caused. Um, so it's the movies. It's the movies. <laughs> um, all the voice acting's good. It looks good for the most part when it's not glitching out. Um, but I actually had like a... It was until a patch came through, like a game-breaking bug got me where I couldn't finish a level because part of the... And doesn't matter how many times I reset the damn game or anything. Um, one of the characters, who I won't go into, has the ability to do like quick little wall runs to get by certain things. And it would get up to a certain stage that when I would walk up to the certain part of the platform, in the distance, this thing that I had to run across later would just literally drop and fall into this abyss. <gasps> and it wasn't meant to. It's meant to drop after you run on it. <laughs> and I'm like in game 100 meters from it. And I need that piece to be there to actually get to the next part of the stage. And it didn't matter what I did. <laughs> Whenever I'd step up to this thing, it would just drop from where it was meant to be That's way early. so infuriating. Yes. <laughs> the game's released like that. Yeah. Yep. Um... I mean, that's that's a serious yeah, oversight. It's that's, the final level as well. That's oh not like, God. you know, the Avengers logo being, you know, incorrect or, you know, somebody's uniform being the wrong colour. That's a huge problem. That's the yeah. game not working. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty, pretty pissed about it. Um, but it it's fine now. I was able to finish the game as of yesterday, well, yesterday as of oh, this recording. Oh, thank God, Seb. And 
now it's just it turns into just one of those normal play with your mates online games. If you guys are familiar with like the Destiny franchise, mm-hmm. it's that, but with third person right. adventures. Right. It's yeah. just walk around, beat shit up, you know, upgrade this, upgrade that. It never ends. But the story seems to take a pretty big step back after you finish the main campaign. Like it gives you the setup to how why how and why everything continues, but I'm going through all the missions that are left for me and none of them seem to be actually progressing that future story, but I assume it would be one of those things that they'll they'll touch back with, you know, with updates here and there. Um, the only reason I would ever be jumping on is if one of my mates was like, hey, can you join me for this raid or whatever? And that would be it. I can't imagine ever actually going back from a, for a single player perspective for this because it was, it was fine. Is the story any good? The story was fine. Um... No huge, huge twists in it. Nothing that you wouldn't expect. Like, I know you're not a huge fan of the movies, Andrew, but imagine the movies are hitting you at an intellectual level of a seven out of ten. This movie's this game's like a four out of ten. Like, okay. you are always ahead of it. There's never much that you're really caught off guard by. So, so it's made for kids, oh, but it wasn't. That's the thing. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, but like, effectively for someone with the intelligence level of a child, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Luckily, the wife paid for it, so I didn't exclusively <laughs> waste my money on this. What I did buy was Tony Hawk's uh, 1 and 2's remake so on PS4. Um, got that for like 50 bucks too, which is mm. crazy cheap. Are you the goat yet, Seb? Oh, I suck, but it's fun. <laughs> I suck and it's my fault that I suck. I'm like an it's Avengers. It's not the game. Oh my God. In, in Avengers, um, this one part, I was in the final battle area as well. All of my, my character went invisible. All of my <laughs> allies went invisible. All of the enemies went invisible. They, of course, all know where everything is. So everything was invisible except for Thor's hammer. That the only thing I could tell was where Thor was because his hammer oh, and Cap's shield. Because their hammer and shields obviously attached to their characters, but they, they, they go off and do their own thing during the fights as well. So I could see those and nothing else. Wow. And uh, it was- Is that a glitch or yes. is that- there's a glitch. <laughs> Black Widow has this thing that she can cloak your team, but you can still see yourself. Yeah. You're just sort of translucent. Everything just disappeared. Wow. And there's just explosions happening. And I can see the lasers shooting from the enemies, but I can't see the enemies. It was just, <laughs> it was really like amateur hour. Um, I'm, it'll, it will get better. It will get fixed. I'm assuming with the more up patches that come out, it's just sort of embarrassing. You're like, guys. <laughs> It's, yeah, anyway, it's not like you rushed out for a launch title. Like, this isn't a new game for the PS5. This is one of the last games for the PS4. Like, you had all the time in the world. Um, but quick version without doing a review, go buy Tony Hawk instead. It's fun. Yeah. And once again, if you're bad at it, it's because you're bad at it. It's not because the game is fucking up around you. It's just because right. your timing is off. The game, uh, Tony Hawk works perfectly for what it is. If you're good, it you're going to be good. Whereas in Avengers, it just doesn't matter sometimes. I was watching... Um, this wonderful glitch because certain like missiles will shoot at you and they're tracking and this this guy was running around for like a minute and a half <laughs> and this one <laughs> missile would not drop off him because it was just glitched like no nope, it's a tracking missile like no but like there's a point where you get away from a thing and it doesn't hit you but it just it just kept following him <laughs> I did see this incredible one though and this is this is not a criticism this is actually good um Character models in the game would swap between character models from like a pre-rendered cutscene to the actual in-game figures that you would use. And one was of Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk. So he's turning into the Hulk, turning into the Hulk, turning into the Hulk. 
and then he turns into the game model version of the Hulk, which in this car- in this play, this is a video I can show you guys later. This player was using one of the character models of the Hulk where he's wearing a full three pu- uh, three piece suit and, okay. and a hat. <laughs> so th- Bruce Banner's getting angry. His clothes are shredding off him. He's turning green. It cuts to Iron Man and it cuts back to Bruce Banner as the Hulk roaring. And suddenly he's now wearing a three piece suit. <laughs> and it was, it's fucking great. Love it. See, that, that's the shit I can get behind. Because that was just like, oh, of course that happened. Like if it was Iron Man putting on his suit and then he suddenly turned into the suit that you wanted him to wear, yeah. that would just be the gap between yeah. here's the scene we rendered, here's what you did. But it was just great. The <laughs> idea like you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I'm very dapper. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's it. It's I mean, if someone's going to literally hand it to you for free, go for it. Anything above $40, I would say you're spending too much on that game though. And that's me. Cool. Yeah, it's going to be a pass from me. I wanted to like it. Just had nothing to like. Some of the action is fine, actually. Some of the some of the fighting is good. Um, there's some good parkour sequences with certain characters where you just, you're running through environments that are destroying around you and you're jumping from here to there. That shit actually parkour. handles really smoothly. But the there's too many things that there were just too many balls that were dropped. But yeah, that's me. I'm done. Let's do socials and get out of here. <laughs> Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. Hit up the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Second Take. You can also follow me on Twitter, shall you so desire, at Jordan MSPP. And you can follow me at Bastion underscore James. Uh, website, secondtakepodcast.com. Chuck us an email at secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to support the show, we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Second Take. Now, very happy. We're back on Monday with Scooby-Doo. Yoinks. I'm so- <laughs> that was my quote. Now I have to think of a new one. Actually, that was not my quote. Jinkies. I have known my Scooby-Doo movie quote now for months. That's how much I love that movie. It's going to be great. I'm going to try and pick it, Seb. And ruin your day. I'm going to go home and watch it today. Oh, it's, a good, it's a good start. All yeah, right. I, I love the first movie. Second one. Eh, not so much. Uh, this is a goodbye horse. I don't really episode. remember the second one too well. But the first one is fantastic. Seth Green's in it, and I don't oh. remember it being good. But it's fine. Whatever. It's fine. Goodbye, horses. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.